you want to live a life of freedom and adventure? Are you wanting more than the daily grind? Me too. Welcome to The Emma Lovell Show, a place where we talk about living a life you love now. I'm your host, Emma Lovell, and my number one value is freedom. I've spent the last 14 years running a business and traveling the world, and now I take my husband and toddler along for the adventure too. It's possible and I know you can create a life doing what you truly love as well. This podcast will inspire, motivate, and encourage you to go after your dreams, to create a life you love and to live it now, not wait for retirement or someday in the future. I'll be sharing episodes weekly about how I harmonize business, travel, and self-care. I'll also bring on incredible guests to share their journeys, the wins, the challenges, and how they're creating a life they love. Let's jump in and get dreaming. This is a space for you to manifest a life you love. I would like to acknowledge and recognize Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. I am grateful for the continuing care of the land, waterways and skies where I work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on Yugambeh country and from wherever you are listening, I pay my respects to the elders past and present. Hello and welcome to today's episode all about traveling with kids I know and running a business (laughs) so I wanted to share some of my experiences of traveling with a kid I have one child he's three he's my darling Finn and I have traveled around the world with him by myself with my husband uh, domestically planes buses trains cars epic road trips boats (laughs) cruises. We've actually done a lot in three years. So I wanted to share about our experiences. And I know that um, there can be fear or apprehension around traveling with children. And I don't want that to be the case. Um, Even I hope that this episode for someone who hasn't had children yet and is looking to, or who has young children and has put this off, I hope that this inspires you to take on some adventures because The memories that we've created already have been just, they're just, I'll treasure them for the rest of my life. Even on my vision board, I can see there's a photo of us in Adelaide when Finn was four months old, our first uh, plane trip. Uh, We went to the Business Chicks Conference and, yeah, he was there at Movers and Breakers and then um, we travelled on afterwards and saw friends uh, on their farm and it was wonderful. And then I've also got a photo of us in Italy together for my cousin's wedding, the most beautiful destination, and us uh, all dressed up all spiffy and it, it's fabulous. So that's on my vision board just to the right of my desk that I see every day uh, to inspire more travel. But for me, living a life I love means getting to uh, run my business, a profitable, sustainable business, to help others do the same and to travel the world with my gorgeous family and uh, to have them along for the ride as much as possible. And that's what we're doing. So, uh, yeah, I think one of the things that I've heard come up and I get frustrated by is people saying um, that they're not going to travel till their children are X age or there's no point in travelling with children when they're young. And I just think that's such a misguided sort of um, thing to, to one think that children don't have um, can't gain anything from from that travel when they're I don't know maybe four months old or eight months old or 12 months old but also that they're so focused on what the child is doing and not what you're experiencing 
it's about actually it's about your memories not potentially their memories but also I think travel um, and experiences stay in our bodies and for me uh, having gone to the UK when I was under two years old and um, having the family connection there but uh, having visited it feels very comfortable to me and I feel very um, comforted by it and my husband was born in Hong Kong and we went on a big trip in 2018 we went to like seven countries across six weeks and um, the last place we went was Hong Kong which is where he was born but he left when he was like 18 months or two but it was weird he like didn't enjoy Rome as much and felt kind of uncomfortable and a bit overwhelmed in the city and then we went to Hong Kong which is a huge city it's so densely populated it's really intense and hectic and he felt really comfortable there he felt much more comfortable in Singapore and Hong Kong even India than he did in some places in Europe uh, which are more commonly known and used to being traveled in and I think that is because he grew up his first uh, six years of his life overseas in Hong Kong and Singapore babe what when did you leave Singapore oh it was five (laughs) Anywho, first five years of his life uh, in Asia. Don't mind me. This is recording at home. And, um, yeah, so I I think that was that's in his body, that comfort. He does remember some things but uh, not everything. And so I think Finn, my son, is going to have that in his body, this travel in his body because he's been doing it since he was so little. He's been on planes since he was four months old. He went on his first international flight when he was 15 months old, took him across to the US, UK by myself. Um, And I I think it's, you know, for me, it was those memories that we had all together and that being away together that was more important than saying he won't remember being 15 months old. And I'll tell you what, We went on another trip to the US. This little boy's been everywhere so much. Three times he's been to the US and he's three. But when we went last year, one year ago in 2023, Feb 2023, we went to the snow and he would have been at the time just gone two. And we went to the snow. We were there with a family friend, my dad, my Matthew, my husband, me and Finn, so five of us. And we would do sledding and we did a maze and we would play in the snow and we stayed in a house and it was lovely. And uh, Matt and I would ski. Well, my dad would have him or our friend would have him for a little while or we would take turns, but we actually got to ski together as well. So we went on a snow trip in the USA with our baby. And there's just been some times, even a few months after that, he's just gone to where he had few words, but he said something about being cold and he was like like the snow like the no snow like with papa and I was like oh my goodness yes you were in the snow with papa he associated being cold being in the snow being with my dad that's because we were in the U.S. and I just didn't think because of a lot of what people say that they had memories and potentially in the future he won't bring up that memory but potentially he's always going to have an association with snow and snowman and my dad because that's where we were together and the tobogganing and so I just disagree with this um, point about they won't remember because they do remember from a young age 
Now, your capacity or your not willingness to travel with them because of how they might behave or how they might be in situations or finances is a completely different understanding. If you were saying about finances, then, yeah, I could probably understand more. But this argument that they don't remember, I disagree with. I think you're also um, doing yourself a disservice out of all those opportunities and those chances. And one thing, when they're under two, they're free. <laughs> they are free to fly. They are free for hotels. They are free for everywhere. The only thing we have to do additionally is we get a slightly bigger car and we get a um, car seat. So we have to pay for that rental or you can travel with the car seat. I don't travel with the car seat. It's not carrying around anything, especially when I'm by myself. There's no way I'm carrying that around. But they're free under two. And then, you know, I just think there's, that there's some really special ways that they view the world when they're that age, when they're, you're never going to have them that age again. So you're not going to be able to have the chance to compare what they were like when they were two or nine or 15 traveling because you haven't done it. But the fear of their behavior or the fear of the tiredness or that sort of thing, I have heard of people saying to me that they're just fearful about how awful the flight could be. And so that's why they're not going to do it. I can tell you, I probably had one of the worst flights that I could have imagined. Um, no, it could have got worse, but it was pretty bad, my first experience. And even though that was rough, and I will tell the story, it was only 15 hours of my life, 15 hours of my life. Uh, and then, you know, it ended up being 27 hours of travel all up to get to see my cousin, who is now 100 years old, my grandmother's cousin, who's one of my dearest people in the world. And then to go on another 10 hours to see my, um, from there, from the UK, uh, USA to the UK, to, to uh, had a week, and then we went on to see my grandmother, who was 91 at the time and has now passed away. To have those memories, to have those, not just the photo, but to have that time together with my son and these dear people in my life, to have a photo with my mother and my grandmother and my son when we live across the other side of the world and have a photo of four generations. Like I have those memories. She knew my son. She held my boy's hand. He walked along by the river with her. He, my Finn, my Finn, my boy knows this man who's over a hundred years old. Um, he knows his name. He knows who he is. He's spent time with him. Um, it's just the greatest gift that, uh, we got to share that time together. And the only way we could do that is to travel. So for me, travel is more than just going on holiday. It's the way that I see my loved ones. I've got family in the US, the UK. I've got dear friends in India and Germany and many places around the world. My cousin's getting married in Italy. Well, I want to go to the wedding, so I'm going to go. And if it means going with my baby, I mean, it's all the better. Um you just see that you see the experiences completely differently. And I think that will be something sad to miss out on. And so the first flight uh, was, was tough because it was just coming out of COVID and I was desperate to get away. I would have taken him sooner. Finn was born um, January 2021. So we weren't actually able to go many places. We managed to sneak in. We uh, went down to um, 
Sydney. We ended up driving. I decided I wanted the car. I wanted our own car. I wanted our car seat. So I felt like it was easier that first trip not to fly. Also, I just was due to COVID, I was a bit concerned about if things got cancelled and trying to deal with flights and things like that. If we have the car, then it was like, if something goes wrong, we can just get in the car and, and drive back over the border. Because this is the time we were talking about, if you remember how delightful that was. But yeah, I drove down with my father-in-law and we took turns and had Finn in the car. And in some ways it was easier because he was very little. I think, yeah, seven weeks going on eight weeks. Um, his first interstate trip was when he was three weeks old because we live one hour from the border. So we went from Queensland to New South Wales so that my husband could get a tattoo, uh, the thing that you do. Um, and so then the drive was not terrible. Ten hours we did uh, and then coming back, my husband, Matt, flew down and we drove back together. Um, but, yeah, we did that. And then his first flight in Australia was to Adelaide in the May 2021 uh, for the conference, which was wonderful. I had my first night away from him uh, two, two weeks before, again, through a business event. So sometimes that pushes and motivates me because the dates are there. You've got to go. I want them to be part of it. I don't want to be away from Finn, so I made it work. That's That was my thing. It's like... My friend said the other day it's like separation anxiety, but it, it's not. Maybe it is. I just love seeing him. I want to see him as much as possible. So I don't want to be away from him for a week. And why wouldn't we just spend a little bit more money booking a flight for, at the time, only booking a flight for Matt? We had the hotel. We had the car. I had to pay for those things anyway. Why not enjoy them together? So we did. Uh, just made it a little bit longer so that we could actually have a holiday. But anyway, then... Then the borders shut, um, Queensland, the state borders shut, Sydney and New South Wales went on a really strict lockdown for six months and unfortunately it meant I couldn't see my family and my parents um, because they were in New South Wales and we were in Queensland. So that was a rough time not being able to travel and at that time still not being able to travel internationally. So as soon as things opened up, they they were opening up around January 2022 but my relatives said it was too cold. They didn't really want us going then and it was still quite strict um, so we ended up booking for April uh, or May, April, May, end of April, May, because even though we had the wedding in August, I just, when you're dealing with a 91 year old and a 99 year old, I don't think time is really on your side and I couldn't risk not having those meetings. It meant too much to me. And so I didn't even think about the flights, to be honest. I was just so fixated on whether I'll be allowed out of the country. There were so many precautions and so many um, things you had to do. I had to get a, a COVID test on the day. And if they said I was uh, had COVID, then I wasn't allowed to travel. So that was up until three hours before. I didn't even know if I'd be going. It was very stressful. So then once we got through, I was like, oh, my gosh, we're going on an international flight. <laughs> just hadn't thought about it. And so... Just me and Finn, and we got in the bulkhead seat, which is good. I was right at the front of the plane near business class. But unfortunately, I was sitting next to a lovely man. He was a lovely man, but um, it was just a bit not ideal, the seating arrangement, um, but we whatever. Um, and then Finn slept from the time we took off for about the first three hours, which was fantastic. And then he had a bit of something to eat and drink, and then he threw up a lot. So I had brought change of clothes. I got change of clothes and changed myself and changed him and, okay, he's okay. 
And then I was a bit worried, but I was like, okay, so I'll try and give him some medicine. Maybe he's a bit un- feeling unwell. He'd been, oh, he'd had some sort of, almost had conjunctivitis. So we'd been giving him some things. So he was definitely, something was going on. Um, and then I tried to give him some more drink and I gave him the medicine and he threw up again, but like a lot. And we're like in the air and it's your baby and you don't know. <laughs> and again, went all over me. Uh, that was my change of clothes gone, changed him again. And then the cabin manager came to see me and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then she said, do you want us to do a call for a doctor or a nurse or someone on the plane? And so they made a page across the plane. I was just so upset and emotional. It was like I didn't have Matt there to bounce off and I just felt so overwhelmed. Um, Like, oh, my gosh, this is so serious. Um, And a lovely midwife came to see me and explained, you know, and even the cabin manager said that the altitude can affect them and it just affects their nasal you know everything the ears get blocked and yeah it just can make them it's quite common that they can throw up so there you go if your child is quite small under two they might throw up on a plane um good to know especially for the packing top tip always take three sets of clothes for them and through at least two sets of changes for you um that was my lesson learned and so uh they said just not to give him too much water and not to worry about the eating their um appetite gets affected and just no more sort of medicine or whatever just he'll be all right and they gave us some ice chips and things like that but then I was like well I'm covered in yuck and I said I know that you're not supposed to do this and I know that they're for business class but if there's any chance you have spare pajamas the Qantas pajamas I know you have them can I please have some because I have no clothes and so they kindly gave me those and they kindly gave me a business class blanket as well so maybe we got a perk out of it and despite all of that, I mean, I say 15, I think it was 13 and a half hours. Finn slept for like eight or nine of them. So that was fine. The other difficult thing about him being so small and being by myself was that I had to take him to the bathroom every time. So even if he was sleeping, I had to carry him if I needed the loo. Um, so that was, and he did sleep on me. He didn't want to sleep in the bassinet. So we had that available, but didn't want it. Um, again, the man next to me was very nice. People around me were very nice. And the crew were lovely on Qantas. So but not ideal. And so then we got to LA, felt okay. Then I felt like the ground was shaking and it was like just so tired because by that time it was 1am. Unfortunately, it was a day flight. So I hadn't slept. Finn slept. I didn't. And then we had to get a four hour flight and we both just passed out. The two of us just slept. Uh, my 15 month old and me passed out all the way to Chicago and we landed in Chicago and he threw up again. <laughs> I think there was definitely the cabin pressure as well as that he was unwell. We got to Cuddy's, it was everything I wanted and more. And then he went to sleep. I put him down normally, got to myself to bed as early as I could. And about one hour into my sleep, he woke up and I was like, I don't think I can do this. Um, but we did and we managed it. And it was challenging. The nights were hard, the days were wonderful. So I would sleep in as long as I could, um, catch up as much as I could. But unfortunately, I think he was just unwell. So that made it harder. And then I thought that we had done it once, so that would make it okay. But going to the UK, unfortunately, the way you're going around the world, the jet lag was just as bad in the UK. And so that was pretty brutal facing it again. Um, So when I went with Matthew and we could take turns, it was like nothing. Uh, It was totally fine. So he was incredible. Finn was incredible during the day. It was just in the night. He just was wide awake. He wasn't doing anything. He was just awake. He was a little bit sick and upset in the US, but I realise now he was probably hungry as well because his body clock's way off. So 
I think if you can anticipate and expect the worst, you can only be positively um, and pleasantly surprised. Um, and it's just that kind of not overloading the schedule and that was a good thing that I did. I didn't, I've learned with travelling with a kid, we just do not plan a lot of things. Like if anything, it's one thing a day, a lot of space in the travel. Now when we go to the US, we always plan one night. As soon as we get there, we don't keep going on to Chicago. We stay in LA or whatever's the first port of call, we just stay there for the night, give ourselves a night. Um, when we got to London, just have nothing on that night, get straight to the hotel, straight to the family member's house and just have a night. Um, and just really, yeah, try to build in a lot of space, which has been a good lesson for me. My name's Emma Walkinshaw. I'm a transformational coach. I run the Embody Confidence Program. I'm an author and I also run retreats for women here in Australia and now internationally, thanks to Emma Lavelle. Emma has been absolutely phenomenal in planning my up and coming retreat to India. She has helped me with the itinerary, the transportation, the hotels, the whole flow of the retreat. Emma, I am so grateful. I'm also grateful because this retreat is profitable and that is a wonderful feeling. I also thank Emma for spending the day with her, learning about retreats. You've opened my eyes to what's possible and I'm so excited for the future, Emma. Thank you. But yeah, travelling then as a family, as the three of us, has just been fine because I've kind of gone through the thick of it. Um, sometimes, you know, there's then our negotiation together and I know Matt gets more stressed with flying and um, the travel. And so then again, I just try to make that as spacious as I can. And we did have a really challenging, interesting time on our recent trip. So I'll just name the trips that we've done. Um, I think I'm going to lose count. We, I can't count how many times we've been to Sydney. We fly up and down a lot, a little bit less now that we have to pay for a seat, but we still go. We've driven um, down to Sydney and then we've driven on to to Threadbow, to the snow via Canberra. We've done that trip. Um, we've driven to, uh, where else have we driven? Oh, a little bit up north. We've been to, I've driven to Harvey Bay by myself. I drove to Tamworth by myself. Don't recommend, won't do that again. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, that was, that was rough on me, um, but that was a good lesson. So try to get somebody along for the ride and if you're doing it as a couple I just think there's no problem uh, or doing it with a friend or family member just to have someone who can help them if they need it or when you're on your own and your child's under four or five in the back seat and there's nothing you can do to support them and you're on a major road that's very challenging so there were some lessons I learned whereas in Australia we've been to Adelaide and Melbourne on flights together um, we have then overseas, we've been to, we went USA, UK when he was 15 months old. A few months later, when he was 18 months old, we went USA, UK, Italy, and Malta. Then that was the three of us. Then we went in February, 2023, we went, he was two, we went to the US, we went to Phoenix, San Diego, LA, and... Colorado, the snow, and as I say, we went skiing. And then we most recently went to nine countries in three and a half weeks 
we went via Singapore and we we went to the UK, Montenegro, Bosnia, Croatia, Albania, Belgium, Luxembourg, back to the UK, India, and then the boys flew home via Singapore. I stayed on for an extra 10 days to host my retreat. And uh, so that was Matt's first international, first two international flights we've been solo. I can tell you leaving them at the airport or leaving the house to go to the airport, I was devastated. And I was so focused on them and their travel that I actually took myself to the wrong terminal uh, and had to get from the Mumbai domestic terminal like 20 minutes apart uh, and I made it but it was very stressful and so it was definitely that oxygen mask on first and Matt did awesome so I need to trust that they're going to be fine and they'll figure it out and if they don't they'll figure it out uh, so I've done my bit so that was that <laughs> and then most recently we went on a cruise just out to international waters from Sydney we went on the Disney cruise um which I did a whole episode on, so I won't talk too much here. But I don't want this to be too long. I just wanted to share some points. Um, so, yeah, the, the the last trip, the not the second to last trip, the, the nine countries was a lot. <laughs> oh, we also went to Wales because we could. We were at the wedding 45 minutes from the border. So we drove into Wales, went to an abbey, beautiful historic site and, and drove back. So I've been to Wales now, which is a separate country, but it's part of the United Kingdom. So UN-wise, it only counts as one. Uh, I do have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world, which is 193, and I'm up to about 57, so I'm on my way. But that one didn't count. So the trip in Montenegro, Croatia, Albania and Bosnia, we did five nights, four countries, and we drove a big sort of loop-de-loo and the car rental was brutal in Montenegro. We blew a tyre in Bosnia. Uh, we had lovely people help us in Croatia with that. Our Finn got a penis infection in Bosnia, so we had to go to the doctors in the hospital. Um, they were beautiful and so helpful and wonderful. Um, we ran out of money in Albania. We didn't run out of money. We we didn't have any local currency. There were no ATMs in the town we stayed in. And so luckily our hotel person came and found us in the street in the town and gave us money and put it on our bill to pay by credit card. Um, so, yeah, that was a lot and it was a lot of driving and we knew it was going to be a lot um, and it was meant to be a 10-day trip. But when I found out my cousin my 100-year-old cousin was going to be in Europe at the same time in Belgium and Luxembourg on a World War II trip, which is a whole new podcast on its own. I couldn't miss that opportunity. And we both agreed that. So we knew the itinerary going in, but it was just too much. And I hadn't ever really looked at cruises in Europe, but when we were in Croatia and it's a big port, I just Googled some and I can tell you the next time that we do that part of the world, it's going to be by cruise because there is nothing better. And I think people are quite surprised that I'm a cruise person, but there's nothing better than putting your bags down in one room, unpacking for the for however long, and then just having a base and being transported while you sleep to your next destination. And although you only get one day in each destination, we were getting like four hours because of how much driving we were doing. We obviously saw a lot of the country and I think it was really interesting and it was really cool crossing the borders, but it just would have been nice to take our time. And Finn was amazing, but at times it's still challenging and we all had our moments. Um, 
So I think doing it by cruise would be a really lovely way, a really cost-effective way too because the challenge around the itinerary was adding up three people's flights, three people's flights. The car is great, the hotel's great because you divide the cost amongst three, but the flights you can't get around. And even looking at trains, you couldn't, they would, you have to pay per person as well. So a cruise, getting to the number one destination, to the, your, your, your main destination, whether it be Rome or um, Venice or somewhere that you leave from, and then that's your transport the whole time, it makes it makes it really cost-effective, even when you're talking in the thousands. Like I'm looking at a cruise that's 10 days, $8,000, you go, oh, my gosh. I mean, 5000 for internal, 8000 for external balcony, which we prefer. Um if you need 10 days, probably need. But um, when you break that down, that's $800 a day for the three of us. And that's your food, your transport, your entertainment, your accommodation. The only thing you're going to be spending is spending money if you go and do activities or if you buy some souvenirs or maybe you buy lunch off the boat, but that's going to be minimal. It's actually a really actually cost-effective way to travel as a family um, that I'm starting to see. And so I've now got my eyes on and I don't know if my husband's on board yet, but there's like 32-day cruises and some of those across the world from Australia all the way across the world to Europe. So you just get your flights home. And even those, I've seen those for $8,000 for 30 days, which is like crazy. But you have to like the boats and you have to be on board for the boats. So maybe we'll try a 10-day one before we try a 32-day one, but I'll report back. Anyway, so some of the points for traveling with little people, and I only have a three-year-old, so I can't talk, and I haven't, don't have multiples, but if they're under two, they're free. So if you've got an under two-year-old, milk that as much as possible. Kids stay free. Look at hotels where children's like, children are included, they're not covered in the cost, um, and cots and et cetera are free. Try and find those family-friendly ones. We have had the most wonderful Airbnb and hotel people who have helped us so exponentially and been so kind, even more kind because they know that we have a child. And so having a little look to see how child-friendly they are, that can help you a lot. Uh, Two-bedroom apartments where possible, especially in Europe, um, because the rooms are quite small, the beds are quite small. So where we were able to have, we at least had always multiple beds, but where possible, if we had like separation in the room, even in, in the London, we had like a townhousey sort of thing. So it just means that if somebody's disrupted sleep, your child and whoever's sleeping with them, then the other person can have a break. And it was, that was such a huge benefit. Um, if you want to save money, take your car seat with you, but do consider the fact that you have to lug that around. Um, that people use them on the planes. I haven't done it, so I can't speak for it. If you need a pram, potentially look at um, buying one when you get there. We borrowed from family and friends the first time. I didn't take a high chair or a um, pram. I asked local friends and they gave it. But you could potentially look at going to like an op shop or even buying from, say, a Walmart or a Target or a, those sorts of stores if you're going to somewhere that's like, you know, more Western, buying it and donating it when you leave because taking them on the planes is a bit of a hassle. Um, if you can get a travel one because then you can take it on the plane because there'd be nothing worse than losing your, you know, ours was like $1,400. I did not take it. I would not take it. Like there's no way I'm checking that and losing it. So, and you always have to wait for oversize as well. So um, 
I loved having my Hacker Lily hip surfer. So I traveled with that last year, 20 um, and children, it's up to 15 kilos, but you could probably stretch that. And my friend has even her daughter's like four, four and a half, and she still uses it. So if you are having to carry a child around a lot and you don't want to take the pram, um, the hip surfer, so they can sit on you. It's not a baby carrier. It's like a seat, like a bum bag with a seat. That was a game changer in the US last year and then in Europe again this year. Um, both of them last year, sorry. Um, what else? Kids fly free, kids eat free, kids stay free. Look for those deals. I am so all about when a Bali or a Fiji or something like that comes up soon, just to go. I'm just going to be like, let's go and let's enjoy. I definitely am looking at Bali and Fiji and some of those countries because they do have um, kids clubs and babysitting and things like that. That was such a benefit on the cruise as well. Cruises always have kids clubs um, and Finn's now old enough, but they also had a nursery. So that was fantastic just to have that that you can have some time as well. Highly recommend traveling with family, maybe not the whole time, but going to visit family in the US, going to visit uh, family in the UK. Again, the nights were hard. Um, if I'd been with my mum, then maybe like I would have been able to hand over. And I think if I had really asked, I probably could have asked my aunt, but I wanted to be with him. Um, but having family who you can just they will just take over and play and support you. That was a huge help. Um, being at the snow with my dad and our family friend and having them be able to take Finn so that we could go to the snow was just incredible. Um, they paid their own way. We all paid our own way. We split things and shared it. But, um, you know, inviting family members if you have a good relationship or a really good friend, I'm looking at inviting some friends to India at times if Matt can't come just to give me an extra pair of hands and extra support um, and share in the experience uh, so it's not all on me. So if you are a single parent, potentially that's a way to do it. Or I know that my cousin, when she was a single parent uh, raising her daughter, she and a friend who both had five-year-olds went on a trip together. I think they went to Thailand. And so, you know, it's the two parents, the two children, and then you can sort of give each other a break. I think having the break is probably the biggest thing in travel, like, having some time out for yourself and yeah I think that's needed so I've decided to I've said all these things and I've given my tips and advice and I'm sure there's more um that I could have actually written down before but I decided um I've my husband Matthew has been home today I don't know if he could hear me talking but he's probably thinking lots of things that I'm not saying so I decided to invite him on to share his opinion of travel with children. Matthew, what do you think of travel with children? I would not recommend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's not an option in this household. So what are your tips for that you've experienced from, okay, what are the good things from traveling with a kid? Um, getting to share things with Finn that, you know, most people don't. Um, that's you pretty pretty amazing. Um, probably about it. <laughs> what was one of your favorite places that we went together? Oh, skiing because I like you know we hadn't been skiing in ages, um, and yet being able to um, share that with him was pretty amazing. But also having the assistance of uh, you know 
other people to care for him always helped as well, like your dad and your friends and stuff. I think for us the best trip, like the best snippet that we've had was uh, Malta. Yeah. We, went, we went to Malta for four days. We wished we'd probably stayed a little longer, but it was kind of the perfect thing. But I think the hotel, the location, the support, the activities that we did, the amount of activity that we did versus not doing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, don't overload in activities with a kid. <laughs> but they were so family friendly. Like everybody was so willing to help and so lovely and he ate the food and... I don't know. We went on this boat trip out onto the on this old Turkish boat. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Swimming with him in the open ocean, which maybe was his mum was not happy about. Um, but like, and he was like dancing on the deck. It was like after on the way back, they like put on dance tracks, like Ibiza style tunes, and Finn's just like grooving away. And then that made other passengers come and talk to us, and it was like this lovely connection, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, that was really fun. I think India worked really well. We were only there for four days, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, again, that sort of, it helped when, like, in terms of travel stress for me, having carers at at the, at the friend's house we were staying at. So when we were home, he was being entertained and we were able to rest. We stayed in um, an apartment with our friends. It's a three-bedroom apartment. Generally, it's just the wife and the husband there, but they had their daughter visiting, the grandmother was there, the aunt came to visit, three cousins, so Finn was just in heaven. And they also had play equipment. They had a little garden play equipment, so he could go down to the play equipment. And then he loved, you know, and I think things are quite cheap there, so if we needed anything, we could have paid for it, getting around rickshaws or ubers we're happy to pay for and uh, we stayed in a really fancy lovely place and even that's quite reasonable and they were again wonderful with the children so and we, we were gifted the hotels so with a pool anything with a pool that was your top tip actually always have a pool oh yeah <laughs> and we stayed in luxembourg and accidentally there was a pool there um i sort of knew there was but like i accidentally booked a wellness spa well-known wellness spa and having that pool area Inside in winter, it was November, that helped helped a lot. So Matt's like, we just need to have a pool at any place we stay. And I was like, yeah, I think in like central London and like some some place like Chicago, middle of winter, I don't know if that's, but potentially some places have indoor pools. So there we go. So must have a pool. Yeah. Top tip, bring the grandparents. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, I caveat, if you get on with your, family and we have had your mum and dad come uh, when we went to the Sunshine Coast and they come around here but like yeah having dad come away with us and have that extra help is in then we had mum in Italy Mm. and all the other we had all my relatives so aunts and uncles and cousins and plenty of people who wanted to play with him so yeah sharing in the wedding as well having people sharing the experience with you I think what we're looking at next is group holidays so we have some lovely friends that we've connected with and looking at maybe some cruises or caravan parks or things like that. One of the great trips we did actually was when we went to the snow, which you were dreading a little bit. That's when we drove from Sydney, up from Brisbane, Gold Coast, stayed just outside Sydney, oh, yeah. drove to Canberra uh, and then drove to the snow. Um, 
over two days and then we stayed with friends but there were seven adults and four children and the children went from Finn and the youngest to 18 months to 12 years old and so actually they all yeah all mucked in everyone helped and we were actually able to enjoy and switch off and again my friend's sister um was lovely and, and had Finn while he napped and Matt and I got to ski together so I, I think I think shared holidays I think that's probably the biggest tip I have is that if you're apprehensive about travel um do it with another family or with family members like more more adults more out, adults or older kids. <laughs> yeah outnumber the children that's the thing outnumber adults teenagers to help with little people because the little ones are going to be that's going to be the hardest time you're going to travel with them so any other top tips my love where are we going next uh, Sri Lanka or India again yes <laughs> isn't that it <laughs> i don't know i might squeeze in more thank you you can go love you love you too so i couldn't resist the urge to um or that opportunity to get my husband on that's his first podcast on this one he's been on my other podcasts i will get him on to do an episode about what it's like to travel with me the real story um but yes obviously we have different uh, approaches to our travel but we make it work and I'm very grateful for that and I love traveling with my baby and my husband and I can't wait to do more of it and even on business trips the more I can incorporate them and the more I can have them along with me where it's um especially before Finn goes to school uh, which we'll probably have another three years two two to three years we'll see how that goes um we want to get in as much travel as possible because we're not limited by the school holidays and by the time frames. So that's, I guess, one more top tip is, is that's the benefit of travelling while they're younger. Um, but I'm not opposed to, in the future, taking a term off or something like that so, so that we can have some bigger travels and, and we're just warming up and practising for it now. So I'd love to hear your thoughts, hear if you agree or if you absolutely disagree. Um, I feel like this one's going to be polarising. I hope you've learned something and it's been helpful. Obviously, yes, I'm, I'm, I have a child who's under three, a uh, three. I've been traveling since he was under three. I've traveled since day dot with you know, as, as close to day dot as I could. Um, but I, I obviously will share over the years, um, because I planned this podcast to go for many years, what that looks like as that changes. And I might also do another episode specifically about, and I have talked about it on um, another episode about my Euro trip about what it's like managing the business and the travel and the child at the same time. So I didn't really cover that here because there was enough to cover, but we'll talk about what it's like working whilst overseas with a child uh, or travelling full stop, going to conferences, et cetera, with a child. Um, that's it for today. It's a long one. It's always a long one when I am on my own. Thank you for being here. If I can help you in any way, um, if you'd love to um, do this but you're not sure, I do offer coaching business travel coach, I'm a business travel life coach. If you want to talk about any of these topics in detail, that's what my hour of power is for and I would love to connect with you more. If you want to learn more about me and all the things I offer, head to emmalevel.au and I hope to see you next time, hear you next time um, on the next episode. Thank you for listening, lovely one. I hope this has inspired you to dream big and start creating a life you love today. If you love what you're hearing, don't forget to follow and rate on Spotify and rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. 
it helps other awesome people to find this podcast and get motivated and inspired as well. Want to stay connected? Come and join the Live a Life You Love group on Facebook or connect with me on Instagram, emmalovell.au. The same as my website, but all the details are in the show notes, lovely. I'll see you next episode for more inspiration, motivation, and freedom seeking. Now go out there and live a life you love.